I, uh, I am going to share a little bit about myself and things like that, but i got to tell you, I'm a little disappointed that we have a real clock up there. It says it's 1123, because a couple weeks ago I was in a church and they had a countdown clock, and it was, you know, you had so many minutes left. And it was so cool because when it got down to zero, it started back over at 87 minutes. The other thing you need to know is, um, um, years ago when I had my first 360 assessment done on myself, you have those in authority over you, your peers and, and people that work for you. Anyone have a 360 done before? Well, I had one, and so we sat down on that, and it was it was intriguing. There are these four PhDs sitting in front of me, and, and they're, they're all this feedback and all this stuff. And finally, they say, well, and, and we see that you're a control freak. And I said, give me that piece of paper. It doesn't say that. <laughs> well, I, I, I sent a PowerPoint earlier in the week, and so we have a PowerPoint, but there's no clicker for me to control this thing. So I'm already nervous because I'm out of control. I don't have control. Any other control freaks here? Well, there's a couple honest people. Well, we'll have to just make it through as, as well as we can. And hey, before we go on, can we say thank you to the techs up there? Can we just say thank you? You know, the only time you notice them is when things go sideways. Amen? When everything is perfect and everything happens, no one even knows they exist. So thank you, thank you, thank you. And, and they have to endure two of these messages. They hear me twice today. Can you believe that? Those poor people, I tell you. It's tough on them. Anyway, this week... Um, I was, I was preparing, a pastor asked for me to come um, weeks ago, weeks ago. Um, he said, you know, I'm going to be out of town, so you might as well come then while I'm out of town. It wasn't that at all. But Thursday, the Lord woke me up in, in the middle of the night. I was sound asleep, woke me up, and he challenged me with this message today. A message first that he challenged me personally with, and then it was as though he said, this is for, for Sunday. And so I put a PowerPoint together and sent it here. And the title I put on it is Not a Fan. And it's really cool because I hear that one of your Sunday school classes are actually studying the book Not a Fan, and I'll refer to it a little bit later. But I'd like us to kind of think about that this morning because just as we're here celebrating and remembering what happened on Palm Sunday, Sunday, I wonder how much we're alike today. I wonder how much we are more like a fan of Jesus. And so if you have your Bibles, open them up with me to Matthew 21. We're beginning in verse 21, and then we're going to jump to 27 eventually a little bit. But let's see what happened that amazing morning in Matthew 21, verses 1 through 11. If you have your Bibles, please read with your Bibles. If you want to underline, any, underline anywhere, go for it. But I'm going to read from the screen because I'll have to break get my specs out to read from my Bible. So I'm just going to read from the screen. Matthew chapter 21, verses 1 through 11. And a little bit later, we're going to go to Matthew 27. Uh, Matthew 21. As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethpage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent out two disciples saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and at once you will find a donkey tied there with her colt with her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone asks, um, 
anything of you, tell them that the Lord needs them and he will send them right away. This took place to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet. Say to the daughter of Zion, see, your, co- your king comes to you, gentle and riding on a donkey, on a colt, on the foal of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus instructed them. They brought the donkey and the colt, placed their cloaks on them, and Jesus sat on them. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, while others cut branches from trees and spread them along the road. The crowds that went ahead of them and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, Who is this? The crowd answered, This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. What an exciting day. What an exciting day. All Jerusalem was in an uproar. What an exciting day. The people knew that the prophet had actually prophesied. The people knew that Jesus was claiming to be the Messiah. The people were looking for the king that would come and set them free. And so here all the people are astir. Everyone's coming. I wonder if this was a little bit like when the Steelers win the Super Bowl. Now, this is a big risk, you know, because I was wondering, can I even use this illustration? And this whole sermon may bomb. How many, how many, do we have Steeler fans here? How many Steeler fans are there? 50-50. Gee, this is a conflicted church, isn't it? I knew you guys had deep-seated problems up here. So, who are the other teams that you guys like? Wow, I haven't heard ravens. Oh my goodness. Deep conflict here. Now I got to be honest, I grew up in Baltimore. And so this year I I couldn't lose either way. You know, whether we won or they won. eh. But actually I grew up with Johnny U and those guys. So I don't even know those modern day Colts. You know what I mean? The wimps, they snuck out of town. Never mind, I won't go down that rabbit trail. Okay, so... Fans, Steeler fans, next next slide. You know, I've heard on TV, and, and I think it's true. You can't watch a Steeler game. I don't care where they are. I mean, they're out in California. They're here. They're there. They're all over. And who do you see at these away games? Who do you see there? You see the terrible towels. I mean, sometimes it looks like there's more terrible towels there than there are those guys. I mean... It's, it's amazing. And they all say that the Steelers fans are just, they're, they're crazy. They're whacked. Any amens on that? Yeah, some of you know. I mean, we have some pastors that, you know, bring their terrible towel to church and all that kind of stuff. They're whacked. But, okay, it strikes me. This book is what really challenged me about a year and a half ago. I was challenged and read this book, Not a Fan, the title of it. And now I'm beginning to thinking, I wonder how many of us are actually more like fans than we are followers of Jesus Christ. How do you think the Steelers fans, you know, in comparing the Steelers fans on Super Bowl versus Palm Sunday? By the way, when I get excited, I spit, so front row people... Sorry. Life is tough. Suck it up, okay? Sorry. But I did just put some chiclets in there, so you're okay. All right. It'll be sweet smelling. So here we are. 
I wonder, I wonder, you know, because they're all excited and everything's going well and stuff. And But kind of like Steelers fans, you know, when we're winning, everyone's excited and it's cool and it's good and it's wonderful and all that stuff. But I wonder how many similarities next Sunday. But what happened a week later? One Palm Sunday. What happened a week later? Turn in your Bibles. Matthew 27, beginning in verse 15 through 26. Again, I'm going to read it, but look in your Bibles. This is, there's some amazing things in this passage. We're, we're just going to, for context, you know, normally I go verse by verse by verse, but the Lord laid on my heart a little bit different from here. I'm down here so I can see all you folks everywhere up there. I can see you without the spotlights in my eyes, so no one can hide from me. That's it. Now, okay, Matthew 27. Now, it was the governor's custom at the feast to release a prisoner chosen by the crowd. At that time, they had a notorious prisoner named, his name was Barabbas. Anyone know what, what Barabbas' name means? Good, good, good. When we, what's the intimate personal name that we say to the Father in heaven? We say, Abba, Father, Abba. And so the last part of his name means father or dad or daddy. The first part, bar, means son. Son of the father. Son of the father. Get this. Eventually they're going to choose between the son of the father and the son of the father. They're going to choose between Barabbas, son of the father, and Jesus, the son of God. How many times do people choose the wrong person to follow? So when the crowd had gathered, Pilate asked them, which one do you want me to release to you, Barabbas or Jesus, who is called Christ or Messiah? For he knew that it was out of envy that they had handed Jesus over to him. While Pilate was sitting on the judgment seat, his wife sent him, this message, don't have anything to do with that innocent man, for I've suffered a great deal today in a dream because of him. Now, every wife, look at your husband and jab him and say, listen to me next time. The Bible said it and the preacher said it. Everyone got it? Okay, that was a freebie, ladies. Any amens? But the chief priests and the elders persuaded the crowd to ask for Barabbas and have Jesus executed. Which of the two do you want me to release to you, asked the governor. Barabbas, they answered. What shall I do then with Jesus, who is called the Messiah? Pilate asked. They all answered, crucify him. Why, what crime has he committed, asked Pilate. But they shouted all the louder, crucify him. When Pilate saw that he was getting nowhere, but that Instead, an uproar was starting. He took water and washed his hands in front of the crowd. I'm innocent of this man's blood. He said, it's your responsibility. And in this last verse, this just scares me to death every time I read it. I can't believe this. Can you imagine this? And all the people answered. All the fans answered. Let his blood be on us. And on our children. Every time I read that, it, it gives me shivers. Is it any wonder why Jesus on the cross, one of the first things he said, Father, forgive them. 
they know not what they are doing. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they're doing. Next slide. Then he released Barabbas to them, but he had Jesus flogged and handed him over to be crucified. The people in Jesus' day were just like some of the Steeler fans I know. A few years ago, when I was a normal guy, when I was actually a pastor, not a muckety-muck, that's my official title now, denominational muckety-muck, when I was a real pastor, a real person, I, we had a, 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 peg, a parking lot that needed paved. And it, it almost killed me to pay 75 grand to have that parking lot paid. But we bid it out and we got it all paved and all wonderful. And then at the end of the job, we took, you know, lowest bid and all that stuff. At the end of the job, one of the guys who was nuts about the Steelers, the owner of the company, he came to me and gave me a leather Steelers jacket. And I'm like, man, I don't even know if I can take this. Like, so I took it to the elders and I said, what do I do with this? Keep it, wear it. It was a nice leather jacket I ever owned, so I'm start, I wear the leather jacket. Well, the next season, the Steelers stink. Now, there's no comparison. I know some of you are thinking it's my fault. It wasn't my fault. But I'm wearing the Steelers jacket around because it's the nicest leather jacket I've got. And when they're doing terrible, I got people coming up to me like, what are you doing wearing that? I mean, I took, I took flack from people. When the Steelers are doing well, they're, hey, 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 when they're doing bad, they're just like typical fans. They're fickle. They're fickle. Just like the people in Jesus' day. They were fickle. They were fans. They weren't real followers. So let's explore this a little bit. Next slide. In fact, Kyle, um, um, Kyle Eidelman, the pastor of a large church, wrote the book entitled, Not a Fan. And one of your Sunday school classes is actually teaching this. See what you're missing by not being in Sunday school? Everyone nod your head. It is a great book. It's an excellent book. This guy, and, and just a tiny bit of background, he's a pastor of a very large church. It's like the second largest in the country. There's like 30,000 people that attend his church every weekend. And so he was preparing for Easter season. And he said, Lord, what do I preach? What do I preach? How can I preach the message new? How can I, how can I, how can I, and all this stuff. And it finally hit him. He was trying to entertain people. And their church was actually creating fans instead of followers of Jesus. And so he began a whole different approach in his church. And the book is kind of about that. And the challenge of looking into what are we really generating fans here or are we creating followers? So the next slide, what are you? What do you think you are? Are you a fan or are you a follower of Jesus? I know you think I'm meddling now. That's okay. Life is tough. Suck it up, you know. It's a valid question. Next slide. Let's just take a little bit. How might we describe a fan of Jesus? Let's describe a fan. When you think about a fan, what are some of the characteristics of a fan? Come on, spit it out, or I'll walk back and ask people individually. And you know I can, because this ain't let me walk around. Enthusiastic. You wear the jacket. Come on, come on, come on. 
Passionate. Over here. No, come on. Participation. Fun. Okay. What's that? Supportive. Many times in any case, but sometimes not. There's a good fan over there because he's supportive no matter what. All right, over here. Spit something out. You're not immune sitting over there in the anti-fragrance section. Come on. Come on. Lively. Yeah, lively. Okay, you know, a fan can know a whole lot about them, you know? They know about the players. They know their stats. They know this. They know, they know all kinds of things about them. Amen? Did you guys know that some of our players attend Alliance churches? Did you guys know that? Do you know Coach attends Allegheny Center Alliance Church? Mendenhall's mom. When, when he moved up here and mom moved up here with him, she went to one of my, our spiritual daughters that we adopted and she works at ACAC and she came to her and she said, now if, if you need my boy to do anything, you just tell me, I'll make him do it. <laughs> A good mom. Did you know? Because see, I know some of you are better fans than I am because I just don't get that. I played football. I've had almost every finger broken, broke. I've had six knee surgeries. I've had just so many things from playing sports that I don't get that involved. My, my wife gets more involved than I do in watching them. But did you know that Ben recently married an alliance girl? Did you know that? You know, Ben, the girl, his wife, his now wife, they're expecting. I don't know if the baby's come yet or not. She, her dad, his wife's dad, is an elder in one of our alliance churches. And they attend church between ACAC and um, Christ, uh, Christ Church on, at the Grove, at John Guest Church. They, they're, they're back and forth between the two. Now, have I dazzled you with my knowledge? No. But, you know what? I don't know. I don't have Ben's phone number. I don't have Mendenhall's phone number. He's not on speed dial. I can't give Ben a call. Hey, how about lunch tomorrow? How about breakfast Thursday? I can know about him. And you know, people can know all about Jesus. People can know all about Jesus. They can know about Palm Sunday. They can know about Easter. They can know about, 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 about. Because most fans only know about. Are you with me? But now let's talk about a follower. How would we describe a follower? Come on, you don't want me running upstairs there, do you? Spit her out. Okay, committed. What else? Loyal. Close. Personal. Like-minded. Wow, good stuff. Sacrificial, fully invested. No matter what. Able to do. Now, by the way, I roam around like this because I have ADD. That's all it is. Okay? <laughs> We're lucky I don't go down more rabbit trails. I tell you what. Next slide. What do we have? I can't remember what the next one is. Let me ask this question, another probing question. Most often, do we live more like a fan or more like a follower? Even this past week, now, I know some of you are really dedicated fans. But let's see, what's the real, real, real difference when we boil it down to the basics? 
You didn't believe me when I said I spit, did you? When, when you boil it down to the basics, what's the difference between a fan and a follower? These are all good answers. They're all a byproduct of relationship with. They're all a byproduct of relationship. See, I know a little bit about Ben. I even know about his family and they're expecting a baby. But I don't know Ben personally. I don't have a personal relationship with him. I don't know him. And the high majority of people 2,000 years ago when Jesus, during that triumphal entry, they were all fans. They were cheering, yeah, yeah, yeah. But most of them, the lion's share of them, had no intimate personal relationship with Jesus. And so less than a week later, they're screaming, crucify him, crucify him. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I'm, I'm just asking the question, this past week... Did we live more like a fan or more like a follower? And then, do you want more of Jesus? Do you want more of Jesus? Next slide. Deep, deep down inside. How much do you really want him more? Scripture says you have not because you ask not. And when we're talking about intimacy here, let me just describe some more of, see, there's level of intimacy. See, some of us, when we were younger, maybe at a camp or somewhere or in early in a service, we met Jesus one night or one day or one afternoon and we prayed to receive him and we received him into our heart. But we really haven't spent much time with him ever since then. That's for some of us. I don't know how many people I run into over the years that they tell me this story about praying to receive Jesus Christ as a kid. But what's been happening since then? They've been doing their own thing. Now, I run in, in early service. Some people are saying, well, well we have, we, I, I pray to him every morning. You know, that's wonderful. That is wonderful. Some of us turn to him. Why do some of us turn to him? What are some of the reasons for us turning to Jesus? Our habit. What else? Trouble. 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 Some of us treat Jesus like a spare tire. We ignore him all the time until we get a flat. Amen? He's a spare tire. There's all kinds of things. But I'm telling you, even if every day we meet him in the morning, that, is that a greater level of intimacy? Yes, yes, yes. Praise the Lord. But I'm telling you, there's more. I told, I think I shared this story with you last time I was here. I remember it was a few years ago, it was a Thursday morning. I had, I had my devotions and it was so God's manifest presence was so there. I got, I got God bumps. You know, when you're having your devotions and you get goosebumps, it's God bumps. It's the Holy Spirit there. I mean, he was so real. It was unbelievable. He was frying my socks off. Are you with me? 
It was that intense. It was just amazing. It was electrifying. I got in my car, drove out to the end of the road, and turned on Route 30, a four-lane road, and there was someone in the fast lane, no one in the slow lane. I pulled out into the slow lane. That person at the same time pulled over into the slow lane, ran me off the road, almost into a telephone pole. Now, I didn't swear or anything like that, but I was like, knucklehead, idiot, stupid, Monkey Wars driver. So I'm sitting there, I'm, I'm sitting there, telephone pole right in front of me, and the Holy Spirit, he just quietly says, I'm not taking credit for that. That wasn't me. No, I'm telling you, five minutes before that, I was in death to self, had my armor on, filled with the Holy Spirit, I was abiding with Jesus, and all it took was a crazy driver. And Jeff came back to life. Amen? Anyone with me here? So, I'm sitting there in front of the telephone pole, so I'm like, Lord, please forgive me. Please forgive me. I, I apologize for my sin. Please bless that crazy driver. Do not punish them for almost killing your son. I'm being honest. And Lord, please re-crucify self in me. Crucify self in me. Holy Spirit, come and fill me. Fill me. If you being evil know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give to you the Holy Spirit when you ask? Father, please fill me with the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, as you come, crucify Jeff and sin again. I have been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, not I live, but Christ liveth in me. The life I live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. Crucify self again. So I get out, back up, go to the church, and everything's fine for about two hours. I'm sitting in my desk, at my desk, you know, I'm working at stuff, sitting at the desk, and, and, and the phone rings, and, and the receptionist gets it, and Cindy says, uh, PJ, there's a lady that wants to talk to you. So I, okay, yeah, hi, how you doing today? And then she just goes on this tirade about the plants in the front of the sanctuary. She says, don't you know those plants? I mean, look, there's, there's Christmas lights on them. This isn't Christmas time. That thing doesn't belong here. What is wrong with you? Don't you know it's springtime? There's supposed to be spring flowers. And this woman just goes on and on and on and on. And in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, lady, you need a life. What is wrong with you? Please, I hope I haven't just offended anyone. I listened to her. Thank you so much. I will let the deaconesses know that you think we need different flowers since it's a different time of the year. As soon as I hung up, this small voice said, that's not me. I'm not taking credit for that. <laughs> Jeff, back to life again. I don't even know how it happens, folks. It just does. You see, there are levels of intimacy. I believe that there are levels of intimacy in power for holiness that we can't even begin to imagine. I know Jeff 
desperately needs them. Because Jeff is a piece of work. And if you don't believe me, ask my wife. (laughs) Dear friends, there are, there is more, there is more. Jesus himself said, even greater things than what I am doing, even greater things than these, you will do. Jesus said that. Jesus was not exaggerating. Dear brothers and sisters, there is more for us. There is more for us. And scripture says we have not because we ask not. There are levels of intimacy. There are levels of oneness. There are levels of abiding with Jesus Christ that are there for us. Do we want them? Do we want them? Or are you satisfied with where you are? You see, I've been stuck far too long where Paul was in Romans chapter 7. Paul said, the things that I want to do, the right things I want to do, I don't do. The things I do not want to do, I wind up doing. And then he says, if that's the case, then it's sin living within us. And then in verse 24, he says, who shall deliver me from this body of death? Praise be to the Lord Jesus Christ. And then chapter 8, and now there is therefore no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Jesus wants to set us free. And it's not about more discipline. It's about a deeper love. It's about a deeper intimacy with Him. And He wants it for us. I don't want to be a fan anymore. I want to be an intimate, personal follower, walking hand in hand with Jesus, moment by moment by moment. Anyone else here like that? And so I'm going to lead us in a time of prayer. And just ask. I'm going to ask that God speak to every one of us here. I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to speak to us. I don't know what he may say. He may reveal some sin. He may reveal something else. He may say busy. I know for me, busy is what he often says. Because I tend to hear what he wants me to do and guess what I do? Zoom. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's get her done. And I can just imagine him standing there. So how you doing there, bucko? How's that working for you? Clearly, there's none of you like me. (laughs) Praise Lord for that. Amen. You see, he never gives assignment and sends us out. It's he's going to do it and he invites us to join him. I believe there's so much more for us. I know it in my heart. And I know you want it too.
I know that. The proof of it is you're here right now. I know it. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have a prayer, and I'm just going to, with, with everyone's eyes, so I'm going to ask if you want more to just raise your hands so that the Lord physically, he'll see, hey, I, I need more of you. I want more of you. I got to have more of you. And then I'm just going to have you lower your hand, and then I'm going to pray and ask the Holy Spirit to minister to each one of us. And then after that, I'm going to share a, a potential resource and then have a benediction. But if you would, please, let's just look to the Lord in prayer. Everyone's eyes closed. Everyone, don't look around. But if you want more, if you just know there's more and you want more, can you just raise your hand? If you want more and you want more, you know there's more. Amen. Thank you. Father, you see our hands. You see our hearts. Abba, Father, we're tired of where we are. We want more of you. We want more of you. Like John the Baptist said, I must decrease, he must increase. We need more of you and less of us and less of self.